Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. How did you know that was going to work? Well, because I've been practicing and looking at it. And so it just stands to reason that not much is going to change between when I was working on it and now. (laughs) I guess you're right. Yeah, I was certain. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Thank you for joining me as we get into talking about Tend your garden of certainty. I'll see you on the flip. The conversation from the A part was a snippet remembrance of a conversation I had with a student on something that we were working on and a problem that they were facing. And I was like, okay, we'll do this and we'll do that. And they were like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. And they were like, "Uh, uh," and I was like, just trust the process. So they did it. And they were shocked that it worked because it seemed unorthodox to them. And when we had the conversation, um, I don't remember all of it. And so I just gave you the feeling and the tone of it. But I remember saying that because we do things, we get into a, a, a part of ourselves where there is a surety. There is a uh, knowledge that you get that if it worked before, it'll probably work again. Now, today's podcast comes on the heels of me talking about uh, a critical assessment of how to make a win in your life from yesterday. And I know, y'all, I know I gave y'all some concepts and things from my business world, but for the few of you so far who've reached out, you're like, it's very eye-opening. So thank you for that. And I do know that I also talked about being able to understand how to differentiate when things are going to be obviously easy and when they're going to be complicated, chaotic, or otherwise. And I'm going to say that tending your garden of certainty is going to help you with that. Now, if you noticed, I talk about a garden. I don't just say grow your certainty or build your certainty because you need different types for different situations. And so I look at it as a garden of various types and specimens that you'll need in the challenges that life gives you. And we, if you've been listening to this podcast, you're probably a wise person who goes out and um, is a leader in your area. So you already know that life has a way of giving us challenges and we are the better for having gone uh, up against them and been able to conquer them. And so today, 
This is kind of like just putting another little aspect or tweak on some of the elements that we already use in our lives. And um, it wasn't this week. I think it was last week. I talked a little bit about how we can get waylaid and how we can get blindsided and fall into self-pity. And self-pity is insidious because what self-pity does is it's not just the woe is me thinking. Oh, no. It's woe is me because I can't do or I can't see or I'm confused or I can't figure it out or I don't have the resources. And so what self-pity does is self-pity is kind of like a a virus uh, eating up, eroding and trying to change your elemental DNA to keep you from ever accomplishing anything. I don't like to use the C word in this regard, so I'm not going to. But what I will say is if you have been suffering from those confusing thoughts um, that we talked about when we talked about clarity, because we'll revisit it again today, I want you to know that this is one of your antidotes that you can use. So let's get into it. So today we're going back to the etymology of the word, and I'm going to tell you that this word is very, very powerful. And it's very, very powerful because if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that when we look at the etymology, the history of a word, and if that word has held its uh, definition, it is a very strong word because it gets used, and especially if it's not a dead word. And so clarity, certainty confidence, consistency, all of these words live in this family and they have all managed to keep their original meanings. And so they are extremely powerful. And so we're going to actually invoke these meanings over ourselves today in the wisdom. You know, you see how mother wisdom is like, you can do some things. And so right now I declare under the sound of my voice that as you are going through this listening with me, your certainty is continuing to buffer and not buffer, continuing to be buffered to strengthen itself. That when you get through with this, your garden of certainty will be a garden of plenty. Okay. So looking at certainty, it, uh, they first started, um, noticing it in, in the writings in the dark ages of the 14th century. And back then it was certain, yay, certain, excuse me, let me slow it down. It was certainty. Yeah, certainte. And it meant to have surety or a pledge. And it was from the Anglo-Saxon, that hard guttural language, um, Anglo-French, all of that. And it evolved into certainte in the, by the late um, 13th uh, century. I said 14th, but late 13th century. Dark ages, right? So as it continues to grow, and you notice we started out with it being a pledge and it being surety. Now, back in those times, surety was not only your word, but it was your word coupled with your belief in your ability, whether that ability was your labor or your money. It was like you're putting your money or your time or your body where your mouth is. And so it was really powerful. It's still powerful today. So then it moves on through and it it touches all of Europe and it gets into the early Renaissance periods of the 14th and 15th century. Well, moving out, excuse me, moving out of the Dark Ages into 
the Renaissance period of the 15th and 16th centuries. And what ends up happening is, is when you get into these powerful ones, it becomes embedded in not just the external of offering up surety or your pledge for something. Oh no, they start equating it with a quality of your character. And so by the 14th century, moving into the 15th century, which is smack dab in the beginning of this Renaissance period of explosion of thought and, and expansion and colonialism and a whole bunch of things, it becomes known as the quality or fact of being certain full of assurance of mind and exemption from doubt. Isn't that powerful? And so a lot of people implored this powerful language in their pursuits of what they did. There was a lot of trade going on. The Ottoman Empire was in full swing. Um, There were uh, trade routes and agreements and, yes, land grabs by a lot of European countries trying to race around the world uh, to grab up land for strategic positioning. And so with this, we can see that this evolution of certainty, it not only grew, but it spread because it meant that you had to know your quality and be able to back it up. You had to be certain. You had to have this full assurance of mind and an exemption from doubt. And if you go and look like I have, at what were some of the big wins of the 15th, 1500s, the, you know, the 16th century, 15th century, you notice that the universal church, the Catholic church was really involved along with the figureheads of, not figureheads, but the heads of state in, um, from the Habsburgs on down. So you, you see large expansions everywhere from uh, Spain, all across Europe, France, and all of these. And they were getting these blessings that were doing the surety and the pledging of full assurance and exemption from doubt that it was their ordained uh order to go out and conquer and to grow and and to acquire. And so when you have all of that infused into this word, because remember, this language is part of the grimoire, and that's why we even call it grammar today. And when you have so much um, power packed into these words, Uh, by way of people's emotions. They're very powerful and you should respect them and wield them appropriately. So now that you've let me talk a little bit about that, thank you. And I hope you're still with me. Let's get into it. So when we talk about this tending our gardens of certainty, there are certain seeds that we have to plant and we have to nurture and water. And one of the biggest ones, if you want to start building your certainty today, You want to be consistent in your effort to find your pocket, you know, where you sit, find your voice if it is, find your rhythm, find your your path, and the consistency needs to be daily. If at all possible, it needs to be daily. If you're having confusions about what should I do, one of the fastest ways to figure out what you should do is pick something, commit to it, and start working it until you get obvious direction on which way to go from there. My grandparents used to talk to us all the time. They were like, the my <laughs> my grandmother, and I in, in hindsight, I was like, my grandmother, her relationship with life, boy, 
it was something because it was very colorful in how she described life. And, you know, she would say things like life is not going to hand you a silver tray with directions and uh, all the things you need to live the most glorious life. She said life is going to try you at every hand and you have to be the one taking control and command over your life or life will have you walk in the streets. Yep, she would say that. And because of having her frame it that way for me, I had, uh, I was divested from the, the fantasy of thinking that, oh, one day I'll just know. And you know what? I'm not going to say that no one knows. There are some people who, who just have this affinity that they know that one thing that they want to do. You'll have, you'll hear them say, I knew when I was two years old that I always wanted to do X, Y, or Z or B, X, Y, or Z or whatever it is. And, and bless them, seriously, bless them. But for the rest of us, one of the ways that you get certain about your path, about what you want to do and what you want to be is to pick something and be consistent with it. And when you're consistent with something, the doors of understanding start to open to you so that you'll know, okay, I'm really good at this. And then you'll see another pathway or another something to do um, that is most likely going to be adjacent. But what this is doing is this is helping you to figure out while you're developing skills of stuff that works. Um, I think of that book, of uh, Mihai Chinksink Mihai when he's talking about getting into flow and how people who do complex things and they are experts at top of their game can get involved in the trance-like state of being in this high performance range for hours. And what he also notes in this book is that these people have spent many years, many hours perfecting um, what they do to the point where it is part of their unconscious system, part of their central nervous system, where it's almost involuntary. Their mind no longer has to be engaged with the, the parts of it that the average person would struggle with. And because of this, they are able to perform at such a high level that it looks like poetry and motion when you watch them. But there is that ingredient of consistency. And so that needs to be something that is definitely put in your garden if you're going to be able to be certain about anything and know what you know and do what you do. And I just want to say this as an aside. That when you talk about being certain about something, that does not mean that you're not going to ever be afraid to do something or even have fears about it. What it means is that you are going to have a certain amount of skills and foundation under you to give you a little bit of an edge to keep going. Because if, for instance, you are looking at something new and None of the skills that you have have prepared you for it. Do you realize that just by being consistent in those skills that are unrelated, you have precedent that says if you learn that, then you can learn this. You see, it doesn't necessarily mean with this consistency of effort that I'm talking about, it doesn't mean that you're always going to know exactly what to do when the need arises. But what it will do is it'll give you a basis of understanding that if I could learn that, if I could overcome that, 
if I could do X, Y, or Z, or if I was in a bad way this time and it worked out, then it'll work out this time. You see what I'm saying? It will give you the ability to string together, synthesize together the confidence that if you were in a certain situation that is maybe reminiscent or maybe reminds you of what you're facing now, then you can have a certainty that it'll work out here. A lot of times, and I I say this myself, a lot of times when things are going wrong and it seems like your back is against the wall, you know, we tell each other and we tell ourselves, stick it out, stick it, you know, things tend to work out. And depending on the strength of your certainty from day to day or even moment to moment for some people will could mean the health of your of your mental ability to walk through something you know um and it, this is one of them so i'm just going to go on and say it. it's not I, i'm jumping my notes a little bit but there is something to faith f a i t h and i'm not talking about a religious faith in a deity as much as i am talking about the belief system of self you see going back to that original etymology that we have of this word of certainty, there is something that is imbued in it, and it is faith. And when we think of faith, faith is that ability to see what is otherwise invisible and to have certainty that you will be able to make it manifest or bring it into the visible realm. And faith is also a muscle that needs to be grown, that needs to be given attention, that needs to be um, sharpened and tended to uh, because it is made inherently to grow. Yes. Now, if you think of the, the Bible and it talks about if you have but faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain. Come on, St. Mark, you know, and be and, and say, you know, be cast into the sea. And if you don't have any doubt, meaning certainty, It has to do what you say, right? And so part of getting to the point of certainty is to dare to have faith. Now, this is the part that a lot of people don't like to uh, talk about in, in, in shared company when it comes to faith. But in that faith, there also is another subclass of ingredient that needs to go into your garden. And that is, you ready? Imagination. You see, it is hard to employ faith if you do not have the ability or if you do not exercise the ability to have imagination. Because what imagination employs is it employs vision, inner vision. And if that word knocks you off, you don't have to think of it as vision. You can think of it as scenes or flashes or knowing. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to get to the point where you get to um, have certainty, you naturally activate the ability to see what isn't there. Because if you could see everything, you wouldn't have to be certain about most things. You, you see, I hope you see, you see what I'm saying, you know? And so I like to say this, and that because faith fuels our um, certainty and consistency helps us to develop a trust within ourselves that if we've done something before, we can do it again. 
It sets up this most perfect environment for another big factor to start growing alongside certainty, and that is confidence. So as I was getting ready to say before I jumped my notes to talk about faith first, I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk about confidence because certainty and confidence are siblings. Certainty is when you have a full assurance of mind and you have an exemption from doubt. And remember when I talked about going back and looking at what was happening from the 13th century all the way through the 16th century and the evolution of the meaning of the word certainty? Over and over again, I kept seeing where certainty could be about yourself or it could be about others. And remember when I talked about how the kings and queens and even the Pope got into it, uh, into the game of putting their confidence in people to go and do stuff to the point where they would fund their exploits. Certainty doesn't have to inherently be about you. It can be about your certainty of someone else. It's kind of, and and we don't have time to go into this, but certainty, and you notice that word surety, is the same thing that is the basis of credit. So we can talk about that on another one because my time is like fastly going and I, I want to make sure I get this confidence part in here so that you can see it. So what ends up happening as we have this evolution of certainty, we find that lo and behold, about a hundred years um, after we first start seeing certainty evolve, we start seeing this word confidence. And what the word of confidence brings in, it's, it's just like certainty, except for it's about self. You see, from the dark ages to the new age of enlightenment to the you know to the renaissance this was a movement from people looking externally to a big god or gods or or whatever to, uh, of having ex- uh, obeying and respecting external power to this enlightenment of self where they wake up and they start saying huh I can do this. I have powers. I can, you know, move and and do things. And you know this because you see all the high superstitions for people who might have been, as we would call them today, industrious, entrepreneurial or whatever. They a lot of times got um, tagged as wizards and witches and all of the the spectrum of uh, the boogeyman uh, because they were enlightened about the power of who we are. And so these dark ages start rolling away and thus you start getting words popping up like confidence. And confidence from the 14th you know, century, like I said, um, the next century after we start seeing certainty means assurance or belief in the goodwill veracity um, of another. And like I said, it is a transition from this confidence in someone else to where it becomes confidence in self. Because as we move over into, right on time, into the 15th and 16th centuries, um, this word starts to move into firmly trusting and being bold in oneself. To have full trust or reliance in your own abilities and to be able to persuade. Mm -hmm. You see, by the 15th century, which was 1400s, by the way, it became known as reliance on one's own powers, resources, or circumstances, self-assurance, meaning that 
and get this, here comes its, its sibling, certainty of a proposition or assertion, um, or assertion, excuse me, sureness with regards to a fact. Uh, it, it meant that now, not only were people willing to have certainty about whether it was their abilities or what other people could do, or even uh, if you say, for instance, you belong to a militia, having certainty of what you guys could do. It now turns into, not turns into, but it is strengthened by the word confidence, where you now have people who are saying, I am self-assured. I can do this. And it becomes more of the normative instead of um, the exemplative. It, it becomes more of this is the way everyone should behave and believe. I mean, even when you look at fantasy movies going through this time, you move from the knights in shining armor and the people who were outliers, who already inherently had this understanding to where it dawns on people. That's why they're coming out of the dark ages where this is for anyone, whosoever dares to believe, there goes that faith again, that you can have uh, certainty and confidence, you can then, are you ready for this one? Get clarity. See, I told you they all kind of like came up together, started from the bottom, now we're at the top, you know, kind of thing. And so this clarity comes through this assuredness. So that's how you get uh, valor and uh, you get forthrightness and everything going forward because, yeah, you guessed it, you now have skills and vision to see where you're going, no matter what the physical realm says. And so that's when you start getting these bold movements by people who become known throughout the ages as being very powerful and going against the grain to do miraculous things. You know, these are the eras that would go on to uh, birth the great monuments of uh, that time, the cathedrals and the Michelangelo's and the da Vinci's and all of these, and you've got Descartes and on and on and on. You have these people, quote unquote, waking up. You know, if you want to talk about being woke for the, for the, the Europeans of that time, that was their period of being woke. Then you've got like your sun kings in France and uh, all of these powerful things and on and on and on. And so what ends up happening is, is you have all of these words that are so powerful that they have all retained their meanings throughout all of these years. And so they're very powerful and they are uh, so charged with electric electricity that it takes consistency of effort to use them in our lives because they're so powerful. You have to work for them. And that, and that was the thing that really got me. I was like, wow, we have to tend our gardens, lest the mediocrity, the weeds of mediocrity, blot out all of the powerful seeds that it takes to be able to be certain. Do you know how hard it is to be certain when everything around you is declaring that it is not so? When everything is against you, when, you know, what are you going to believe, your lying eyes or your hopes and dreams? And everything is against you, everything is stacked, and you not only 
are looking at it, but you have proof because it seems like no one is falling in line to help you with what it is that you want to do. But you still have the ability to deny all of that and do these things to give yourself a fighting chance to get what it is you want to get. So with tending your garden, let's, you know, because we're practical here and we always like to make sure that we leave ourselves better than we found ourselves. So now that we've talked about certainty and we've talked about consistency of effort to start making ourselves certain, we've talked about faith and how important it is so that we can get clarity of vision. And that brings us to clarity. And then moving from uh, having confidence in maybe a situation or maybe even your skills to being confident in just yourself, it takes Uh, consistency of effort to do that. And what I've done to help all of us, you know, make it more palatable is think about this as a garden. And in a garden, whether you are doing edibles or flowers or whatever, at any given time, what is planted in the garden requires different nurturing, different amounts of sunlight, water, uh, vitamins, and soil content. And so that garden is always keeping us busy. And the thing that I learned from my grandparents growing up, when it's high season for a garden, you can't turn your back on it. Or the weeds and the the um, voracious runners, the you know the parasitic uh, runners, will take over, and it's con- it's a constant battle to make sure that you give your plants uh, room to breathe, um, direct sunlight if they need it, or the proper shading, and so it is a constant effort, and that's where we get that consistency. So, when you want to have certainty. When you want to know what you need to do in a situation, when all seems dark, the first thing I want you to do is to get consistent. Pick something. I don't care if it's not related, but just get consistent on something and make it where it has dire consequences if you don't. Make it where your very life depends on this consistency because this is going to be the one thing that starts you down the path of knowing a straight path to what it is you need to do. And also start employing faith and a little bit of imagination to pretend, visualize, or even imagine that you can start to see your way through and see your path. And what ends up happening when you start applying, and it only takes a little bit of faith, applying faith, you start to get clarity to really do see. And you'll start to see pathways because you will be able to see the invisible um And it'll be made visible. And you'll probably be the only one that sees it and no one else can because they're like, I can't see it. How did you know it was going to happen like my my student did? And so and once you start using this and getting your clarity, then you will start building your confidence because you will have assuredness in yourself where you won't have to depend or give your power away to someone else. And you won't have to think that I'm powerless where somebody else is powerful. You won't have to think that I can't make money unless I have a job or I can't do this unless somebody else helps me. And you will start to become very powerful, very sure, and very certain. And you will achieve what it is that you need to achieve and you want to achieve. So guess what, y'all? Yep, you know it. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and thank you for continuing to support us. And I'm going to see you tomorrow.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.